if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast for a few good reasons. First of all, it's free, so you really have nothing to lose. They have so many tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So you can just be lying in your bed and record your podcast and they will also distribute the podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and many, many more platforms. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Today I'm talking to Sheila Nortley. She's a multi-award winning producer, writer and director. During this episode, we discuss the deal she signed with Sky to develop multiple TV shows. I mean, that's such great news. We also talked about representation in the film industry and also what her writing routine looks like. I hope you enjoy listening to her as much as I did talking to her. Thank you guys so much for listening. And this is Sheila Norley. Hi, Sheila. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm so excited to talk to you. Oh, thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to speak to you. Too. I think you're such a fascinating person. You are such a trailblazer in your own right. And I have a lot of questions about the trajectory and just your journey that you have been on from your early days until where you are right now. You know, being a multi-award winning filmmaker because you're a director, you're a producer, you're a writer, you kind of do it all in the film industry, it seems like. Um, so can you maybe start off by kind of explaining to us how you kind of found your way into the film industry? Um, did it happen by accident or was that always your dream to do this? You know what, I don't think anything happens by accident, you know, in terms of when you look back, you can always see the patterns and the the, the signs that were leading you down a particular path from a very young age. So I've always been a storyteller um, and I'd always, as a child, find myself writing poetry, um, writing plays, just finding every opportunity to create worlds, create people, create these tools as a means of understanding my reality. I was very, very shy, didn't like speaking didn't like standing up in front of people. So writing was always a way of expressing myself and exploring my thoughts and feelings. Um, and very naturally and very organically that just progressed into filmmaking. So um, when I was about 17, I, I um, was in my A-levels, I studied media, English and psychology. Um, and in the media A-level is where I kind of got a taste for screenwriting and, and creating characters for the screens more specifically, which I really enjoyed. Um, following on from there, I went to uni. I initially studied English literature, but I found it a bit boring um, and moved on um, to media. And again, within media studies, there was video production, there was you know press and, and news and media, so broad print, magazine, all of this kind of stuff. Oh, video production just spoke to me and I found myself using every opportunity to 
get back into the editing suite or get back into that environment and hire out cameras, hire out kit and create these stories. Um, and then following on from there, I shot my first short film with um, Shola Amu, um, who shot The Last Tree and um, Nozick Benadian, two friends of mine who have now also gone on to have amazing careers. And um, yeah, that, that's something just happened organically before I knew it. I was just making my own films and then putting them in festivals and just really following what I felt led to do. That's amazing. And um, I also just caught up on the news that you signed a deal with Sky to create uh, a TV show or maybe multiple TV shows. Do you have any consent to talk about that or are you quite? Yeah, I can talk about that. Yeah, oh. I can talk about that. Yeah, so um, I've just recently signed uh, a one year development deal with Sky. Um, to develop these shows so it's very early stages at the moment but I'm really excited I'm working with an incredible exec named Cara Manley um, and we're kind of going back and forth developing these ideas we've already kind of started the first one and we're making steps um, towards getting it into the final form uh, that's needed for the deliverables so the ball is certainly rolling with that um, and it's a very exciting time and I always keep saying whenever I reflect on it, I mean, I was really excited, but it wasn't until I made it public and I announced it on my social media and I saw how, how hopeful and how excited um, all my friends and, and followers on my socials were that I really understood just how much this means to a lot of people and the responsibility I have to make sure I produce something really special. I mean, congratulations. I mean, I, I also think a lot of people, um, especially black people are so hungry for real life stories. Cause I feel like just now, maybe not even a couple of years ago that the film industry um, in Hollywood, I don't know how, about the UK, I don't know like the film industry there, but they are just kind of starting to wake up to this idea of, okay, we do really need more black filmmakers just in general. Uh, let alone female black filmmakers. I feel like doors have been kind of closed to, you know, black creators for such a long time. And now um, it's finally kind of happening. So this is such a huge deal. And I feel like so many people are right there with you, supporting you, encouraging you because it means so much and it's so necessary. I think it's so many black stories are yet to be told. Um, but I would like to hear your take on that. Yeah, I think um, we definitely need to hear more black stories and more black perspectives on universal stories. It's exactly as you said, the more you have um, black people behind the camera, directing, writing, producing, um, developing, you know, in the in the develop, um, development um, positions, um, the more you will get diversity and by diversity I don't just mean kind of box ticking and tokenism and having a black actor or an all-black cast but actual genuine portrayal and representation of our hearts and minds it's not just our skin that needs to be seen it's how we feel and how we Very see true. things mm -hmm. you know what I mean yeah absolutely. so having us behind the camera we can tell quote unquote black stories, but then it makes one wonder what is a black story? Is a black story not just a human story in a slightly different context or with a slightly different culture than the norm? And what is the norm and why is it the norm? So when you really break it down, it's exactly as you said, 
if we just get more black people directing, writing, producing, developing, and also in positions of authority within um, production houses and studios, you know, commissioners, development execs, um, then we will be able to really fully experience the depth and beauty that is actual diversity and representation of so-called minority groups. By that, I mean black people. And I wonder, does it bother you being placed in the category of being a minority? I'm asking this because it frustrates me. I feel like why are, why is everything that is not white a minority? Like even women in some industries or situations yeah. are being considered a minority. Yeah, yeah. It is this constant, um, this constant convincing almost that one is an other. It's like a constant reminder of your otherness that you, and, and with the word minority, of course it has negative connotations. It makes you feel small. It makes you feel insignificant. Um, I, I, I try and avoid uh, ethnic minority, BAME. You're based in the States, right? No, I'm, I'm based in Europe. I'm based in Belgium. Oh, you're based in Belgium, right? So you'll be familiar with like the terms BAME, POC, all of these things, they, they're just very um, generic. And um, I just don't think we should shy away from, you know, what we really are, you know, what, whatever uh, group you might categorize yourself in. Um, yeah, so yeah, I, I, I'm not keen on the term minority at all. I don't use it. It's like diversity also has such a negative um, touch to it because like in Belgium, we don't have a lot of like media outlets that kind of have a lot of um, influence um, on our culture. And then we have, uh, it's called VRT. It's like uh, BBC in, U in the US or in the UK. And they actually have like this diversity program where only black people are being hired based on their skin color. So not on their talent. So they are saying no to them for just normal jobs because so many, I mean, obviously there's so many talented black people, but they only get through the door by the diversity program, which is so racist and it's so frustrating. And I don't understand why white people don't realize that what they're doing is racist because in their defense, they think that they are doing righteous by creating this program to help black people, but it's doing just the opposite. And I think what the solution is to that, which a lot of, well, I say a lot, but I've experienced myself is these uh, people who, like you said, genuinely do want to do something positive and progressive just need to take a step back and ask, what is it you need? How can we um, help or how can we fix some of the problems we've caused? Um, rather than, like you said, kind of jumping to these solutions, which in and of themselves are not particularly helpful and are potentially racist or discriminatory in some way or another. Um, you know, it's actually kind of just addressing the privilege that you have to be able to fix the problems that you've caused and actually ask people, okay, what can we do? You know, what do you actually need um, in order to fix the problem? And I think that is one of the positives that came out of the uprising this summer was people are genuinely questioning um, themselves 
um, people in positions of power, again, we will always have the tick box and we will always have that, like, you know, the diversity um, quotas and, and things people just need to do in order to be seen as being positive and progressive and helpful. But I do think there has been some genuine reflection for a lot of people. Um, and a, and a, this is amongst black people and white people and, and various um, groups, racial groups, but people genuinely realizing that we need change. You know, and it's actually been quite beautiful to witness people really coming together being you know a black woman and i'm so sorry that i have to keep repeating that i wish that this wasn't even a conversation you know what i mean like i wish this wasn't even a thing because i've read a lot of articles about you and um and in each almost each um headline was black muslim woman black muslim woman does that bother you like how angry do you get when they don't do this with steven spielberg like this white male guy <laughs> i don't get it i know i do you know what it is i've had moments where i have thought oh but at the same time I, it's it's if i'm honest with myself i know it's the nature of the beast you know it's the nature of media they will pick things that they think make you really interesting or really unique. And that's what they want to talk about, um, which can be a distraction from the actual work itself. Or sometimes it can actually interest people and, and you know, people are actually quite fascinated by a new perspective from a black female Muslim filmmaker. So I try not to get offended um, by these things just because there's so much to be offended about in this world like if you want to start getting offended over everything you literally will have no peace you know what i mean um and the thing those things are are true about me and they are categories by which people can identify me or relate to me yes i'm muslim too i'm black too i'm a woman too whatever i think it's again for me knowing how i define myself you know what i mean and and not limiting myself to certain boxes and that's something that i have to I have to um, address. It's something that I have to address within my own self, which is not boxing myself into these categories. And if it's easier for people to identify me as these different um, identities to make it easier to, to, to present me to people, I, I, you know, I don't mind, um, but it's just so long as I don't restrict myself and limit myself to these boxes because that would just frustrate me. Um, I don't do well in boxes at all. Um, and then what happens is that once you do something that contradicts the box that you've been put in, then it's like, oh my God, you know? Uh, so say for example, if I'm categorized as a Muslim filmmaker and then I shoot a film about something that is contrary to most people's perspective on Islam, for example, then it will be like, oh my God, like, why is she doing that? She's supposed to be Muslim or why is she writing about that? She's supposed to be black or why is she presenting women like that as a female? Like, and, and that is, especially with social media and everyone's opinions floating all over the place, that can be very destructive or at the very least annoying. Um, so, um, yeah, it's just a case of knowing who I am, what I stand for. And if people need to categorize, as I said, for ease, for branding, for whatever, just not not just taking it on the chin, not taking it too personally, even if it can be irritating yeah. at times. And also it's so crazy how it's been expected of, of um, minorities, right? 
um, to kind of carry a whole community on their backs. It's like, Definitely. It's like as if you represent a whole Muslim community. That's it. Oh, definitely, definitely. And I can't do that because, as we all know, human beings are always changing. We're like water. We're fluid. You know, your opinions change. Your views change. Um, if you're if you're genuine, this is what I always say. Like, if you see someone who is just one way their whole life, you know you're not seeing all of them. When they go home, or when they're with their family, or when they're with their friends, they're different people. You know. Um, so we are going to continue to change. We're going to grow. We're going to relapse. We're going to go backwards and forwards and left and right. So it, it's just it's just hard to um, represent an entire nation or an entire religion or an entire gender. Depending yeah. on who you are, your beliefs differ a lot. You know, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's crazy how society makes it seem as if one. A person of a certain religion or culture does something it's like oh they are all like that and that mentality is still so prevalent like I don't understand how people even just agree with that you know it's definitely too much for any one individual to bear um but like you said when when you when you are kind of um kind of marketed in that way or like things are written about you in a way like I said almost every article will say black muslim female mm -hmm. I wanted to ask, um, did you ever experience any sort form of racism, discrimination, uh, because people have these preconceptions about you? Yeah, I think that um, in the UK, a lot of the time it's very, um, it's very covert, it's very subtle. And a lot of the time, um, on film sets, I would have, some people were really, really lovely, to be honest, most people have been really lovely, but some people do struggle to take uh, authority or see authority in uh, a female or in a, a black person um, and so on. And I've had these experiences, I've had oh, some microaggressions um, regarding me being in a position of power, whether as a director or a producer, you know, um, which it can be really hurtful, you know, because it's much more than someone just being rude. It's when you know that the power plays that are happening and it just comes from a very, um, a very, a very, a very dark place. And that can be quite hurtful. That's happened to me a couple of times. Um, but I think as well within the space of independent film, you have a lot more flexibility because it is independent. A lot of the time you are interviewing the people that you're going to work with and you are hiring them so you can kind of work with people that you have selected and you have met and you have a lot of the time even built rapport with because you can find yourself working with the same people if you get on whereas i think with tv there's a lot more i guess a lot more of an infrastructure in place which is harder to penetrate you know it's, it's more of like a um an older establishment that already has certain things in place and certain maybe um, prejudices kind of already kind of deep rooted and it seems a little bit more elitist whereas with independent film so long as you've got your investment you've got your budget that you're working with you can kind of do what you want yeah hire who you want work with who you want mm -hmm. um yeah um i would like to switch gears a bit um you are a screenplay writer um and i was wondering do you have 
like a structure or like how do you start writing because i know everyone is different i've talked to a couple of writers and everyone is different some people like to write in in the night alone in the woods <laughs> some people yeah. just you know do it just like a nine to five but like what is your kind of routine in writing um that's such a good question it really does depend I don't have a particular formula necessarily. Um, I do like to have a treatment in place first. That That is a given. I like to have that structure in place because um, I know some people can just literally get up and write. I like to have planned the whole arc. Um, I, I think um, ideally once I've got a concept, I like to use the kind of traditional three arc structure um, which is quite technical, but it just helps me not to float off too far away from what I'm trying to achieve with the story. So um, breaking the story down into a three act structure um, and then breaking it down into like certain subcategories, you know, like knowing what my ident uh, inciting incident is, um, the rising action, the climax, the resolution, and kind of really planning and mapping out these key plot points in the story and then building from there. And then I think dialogue is probably the last thing really, because once you've got the story in place, that's when I like to start playing around with, um, with language and, and just interesting dialogue. Mm. So you first kind of have to know what the beginning, the middle and the end is, before yeah. you actually start writing. Yeah, definitely, and, and even before that, just in terms of conceptually, mm -hmm. what is the film about? What am I trying to say? Um, you know, what is the kind of the message behind it? What's my goal? Because then when I'm planning the actual arc, it kind of always will serve the message or the story, what I'm trying to express within the film. Okay, interesting. Um, who has influenced you the most in your life or career? Um, as far as, I don't know, it can be people in, in the industry, mentors, people that you kind of look up to. Who has influenced me the most? My parents, mm. honestly, my parents, um, because they oh, they are just the most incredible two people I've ever met in my life. And as much as people can inspire you creatively, when you have people who motivate you daily, you know, like just as as a person, they give you that inspiration to just continue to build, to know your worth, to know your value. Um, and support in a very tangible and very real way. Like without my parents and my family in general, I don't think I would be able to do what I do. So my biggest influence, my biggest motivation, inspiration has been my family, my parents, my sisters, my children. Um, I've got two children. Um, and that those are my biggest influences. And, and even in terms of actual inspiration for stories, for characters, I get all of this from my, from my world, from places I go, from people I meet, from, you know, buildings I see, paintings I look at, everything I write is some, in some way, shape or form quite close to home, you know, and obviously I'm inspired by the great filmmakers. I love Ava DuVernay and, yeah, there's so much talent out there. I'm also inspired by my peers right now, particularly in the UK film industry. There was this huge black British renaissance of filmmakers, writers, creatives and talent coming through. Um, Percy Ascot, um, 
Ratman, Joy, uh, Fiona Lampte, Leon Main, Akira Jampi. There's just so much talent. Um, so I'm just, I'm inspired by so many people. I'm influenced by so many people, but I couldn't not mention my parents first and foremost. That's amazing. I read a line yeah. and I, I would like to read this because I don't want to get your code wrong. Um, you said, uh, I don't want to be remembered. I want to become someone who made you remember. And if I do, all praise is for him and only the mistakes would have been mine. Um, how important is religion for you in, I mean, obviously in your personal life, but also in your work, because you are referring to him as in God. And I think that's such, I think that's such a beautiful quote to begin with. Thank you. Yeah, the, the quote was inspired by a number of things. Um, I, I found, because I've been doing this for a long time, I started in 2008, and I found quite quickly that there is a, there is like a sleight of hand that can happen to one's heart when you go in and you're passionate and you want to tell these stories and so on it's very easy to become distracted you know it's very easy for ego to to to, to take precedent or to just seep through and and for your intention to be compromised by just other things there's just so much around this particular industry um and so when I was thinking about that particular thought, it was just to do with the fact that it's not about me, you know, and that's what, that's what I meant by I don't want to be remembered. I want to be someone who made you remember. No, by that I mean, like, it's not about me being remembered as an individual. Oh, she was this, she was that. But if I'm able to allow people to just remember what's important, do you know what I mean? And if I can use my work to remind people of the bigger picture in some way shape or form and all praises indeed for for god and again that's taking the praise away from myself and to the one to whom it's due which is god um religion is really important in my life um but not necessarily in the conventional sense you know my religion is very personal and i've gone through various stages as many people who believe in god or have a particular religion to you know you go through different understandings of your faith you go through different stages of zealousness with your faith it's just such a, a journey and I'm at a point in my life where my faith is it's very it's very it's ironic it's very firm in that I do have like I believe like I have no doubt that God is real um but at the same time it's less rigid than it has been before, you know? Um, it's just it's just much simpler than it's ever been before. Um, but yeah, it's just, it is very important to me. It gives me a complete sense of accountability um, and an anchor. So if I do veer too far left, too far right, that there's always this anchor reconnecting me to my purpose, which is, as every religion teaches, to be the best human being that you can be whilst you're on this here on this planet and to know that you will still fall short and make mistakes but that's all part of the journey too um, and to leave behind some kind of legacy of love tolerance understanding and peace i love it i am right there with you um i just agreed with everything you said uh, being a muslim myself by the way <laughs> yeah when you said north africa i thought oh okay yeah baby <laughs> 
yes so i love the fact that you that you are very open about that because i was always very hesitant to um to say i'm muslim not because i was ashamed at all but because i knew the minute that i would say that all of the prejudices <laughs> come flying back to me <laughs> Yeah, and pressures as well, you know, like if you're Muslim, then why do you do this? Why don't you do that? But like you said, the, the way the religion of Islam is understood and the way it's been in some ways misunderstood, mm -hmm. misinterpreted even by and amongst Muslims themselves, let alone people who are not Muslim and have only heard the negative things they've seen on the media or in the news. But even within the religion, there is still so much confusion and misunderstanding about how it's supposed to be and what certain things mean and, and what actually is even, um, you know, uh, divine and not and so on. There's just so much nuance to it mm -hmm. that, like you said, once you say I'm Muslim, mm -hmm. it's like... Yeah, but it's also just agreeing to being, to being committed, to becoming and staying a good person because every religion that comes from God, in my opinion, is a good religion and people misuse that I mean, what people don't know is in the islam we have different groups of muslims you have muslims who don't even believe like half of the things that other muslims believe and that's what most people don't know unless you're a muslim or unless you are related to one like those kind of details are just never you know shown and i think that's where all the miscommunication and um preconceptions come from which is very unfortunate absolutely agree with you it's very very unfortunate i think it's a very simple religion mm -hmm. uh, and a very beautiful religion um but as i said it's it's unfortunate but even like when we talking about, about black people for example we said there's so much prejudice but even within the community there are issues that really need to be ironed out and i think it's the same with the muslim community that as much as you have people mm -hmm. outside of the religion having criticisms and prejudice and all that kind of stuff within the Muslim community, mm -hmm. my goodness, you know, because I came from Christianity, I converted about 12 years ago. Yeah. So when I came to religion, it was obviously portrayed as a very simple, very clear message. Mm -hmm. And when I got in, that's when I heard about all the different sects and you know, what kind of Muslim are you? And do you believe in this book? Do you mm -hmm. believe in Hadith? Do you believe in the scholars? Do you believe in this? That? And it was like, whoa, I thought we just had Quran. Just, <laughs> I thought it was just one. Just, <laughs> one God, worship him alone. Uh, and then it was like, you have to do this, you have to take that, you have to take that. And they're different. Don't follow this group, they're deviant. Don't follow that group, they're deviant. Don't follow this scholar. And then it just became um very very confusing but as i said before that was all part of the journey in order to really remind me like you said what is this religion actually about what does it really teach and what's my position in it you know what can i what can i um gain from it in order to be uh a better person because i think sometimes with religion we can also get caught up in the ritual aspects forgetting why you do it you know yeah. why everything's there for a reason, which is to connect you. That is so true. Sometimes we're I mean? so used to following rules, as in you can do this, you can do that, but you forget of the reason why. And we do absolutely, absolutely need to take a step back and just think, okay, why isn't this allowed? 
what are the consequences? And do I really want to do this? <laughs> Is it really worth it? Um, yeah. There's a reason behind it. And also one thing I always reflected on or reflect on is a lot of the time you hear people talking about about God and not talking to God, you know, like mm. talking about it becomes very theoretical. It becomes very um, detached from what it's actually about. You're just kind of talking about it rather than being it, rather than living it. It's just debating. It's just arguing. It's just proving your aspect or your perspective is is right or you're better 100 i agree with you yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and it's like what is this really about is this about really about god or is it about you mm -hmm. you know so yeah it, it is a funny one and um like i said i just kind of have to step back like i said if people want to i, I don't shy away from being muslim definitely not but um if people want to kind of brand me or package me as that they're gonna have issues mm -hmm. because I don't think I can be boxed like that. And it's not in an arrogant way. It's just in the fact that I have to be honest and open about who I am. And there are aspects of those boxes that I'm not going to fit in. And you're going to have a lot of trouble trying to fit me into something that I'm not. I completely agree. Thank you so much. Before I let you go, I would like to, um, I would like to know, do you have any projects coming out or, or besides the obviously the sky deal which is you know still at the very early stages do you have anything coming out or that you are working on right now well yes yeah, so i am mary was just very recently released on um on youtube so i am mary is a short film um a modern day retelling of the story of mary the mother of jesus um so that's kind of my latest project which is available online um, so please do check it out. You can just type I am Mary short film into YouTube and that will come up. Um, and then that's the latest um, thing. I've got a few things bubbling up for 2021. Um, yeah, but I will, I'll talk about those as and when <laughs> they come up. Of course. Up. <laughs> good things take time, you know, especially filmmaking. Yeah. It takes Personally. a village to make a good movie. <laughs> But it really, really does. It really, really does. Um, where can people find you and how can people support you besides um, obviously watching your movies? <laughs> um, um, so the best place to find me will be would be my Instagram account, which is just my name at Sheila Nortley, S-H-E-I-L-A. Um, and that would be the quickest way to get in touch with me um, or my website, www.sheilanortley.com. Um, and to support, like, yeah, just watching the films, talking about the films, um, sharing the films, um, just, I suppose, just supporting in any way you, you, you can. If, if I do something that, that you like, or even if I do something you don't like, you know, you could always share your feedback constructively and politely. Um, constructive criticism is always welcome as well. Sometimes I'll get people in my DMs that say, I like the way you did that, but I don't, I'm not sure about that. And, and, and if I have time, I do actually respond to, oh, you know, thank you for letting me know um, your thoughts. And so, yeah, just feel free to like message, engage as much as possible. And, um, that's it really yeah perfect thank you so much i really enjoyed talking to you i really appreciate that thank you thank you so much 
So that was it for this week's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please take a minute to subscribe if you haven't already and review one of the episodes. Thank you so much for joining me and see you next week for a new episode.